Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. All we want for Christmas is reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know she was going to do that. <laughs> this is our little commercial. Um, leave us a review if you want to give us a Christmas gift, uh, preferably on iTunes, so you can leave it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we say iTunes because that is the most commonly used podcast streaming service, and every time we get an extra review, it bumps us up in searches. So if somebody's searching for a Christian female podcast, it will put us on the front page, and who goes past the front page? No one. Yep. So um, more people will find out about us, and you can Not also— Not because we want numbers, but because we really believe in our message and want more people to hear it. Yeah, we do. And um, the other thing is you can— uh, what can you do? You can also like our posts on social media. I mean, yes. there's a lot of small things you can do to give us a little gift. Um, if you want to get us a big gift, you can support us on Patreon. Um, you will get extra content. You will get, what else do they get on Patreon, Rebecca? They get devotionals from me, recipes uh-huh. from you. We have some really good ones coming up that we're about to talk about uh, yes. for Christmas. So check so. it out. And um, yeah, thank you. All we want for Christmas is reviews. And Patreon supporters. And Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay, bye. Hey guys, welcome back to our Advent series. And today we are talking through, um, so if you've been tuning in, we've been talking about the different things Jesus was called in scripture or called himself. And um, today we're talking about the dichotomy of son of God, son of man. It's just a super light topic. It's real Super easy. light. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is one of those things that can go so deep and confusing to me that I just don't even think about it at all. Like, I'm just kind of like, yeah, sure, totally. And I don't even go there because it just can feel like, what does that even mean? So we're um, interviewing our resident theologian, Rebecca Pete, today <laughs> about this topic because... Uh, I can't tell you about it, so Rebecca's going to. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to talk about it in a way that doesn't bore everybody and they turn the podcast off. So we're going to try to make it super relevant on top of being super nerdy. So, because I don't know how yes. to not do nerdy, so. <laughs> no, it's inter- I mean, it's definitely an interesting topic and it's one that I think like we should have at least some kind of like elevator pitch understanding of it as yeah. Christians. Like we should kind of get that, so. Well, I feel I'm like excited. it's, I mean, the the person and work of Jesus is like, the whole part, the whole point of Christianity. So I feel right. like this is like nuts and bolts kind of stuff. I yeah. Mean, not that bread of life or him being the wonderful counselor aren't important aspects of who Jesus is, but like, this is actually his person, his like essence, yeah. if you will. And if we don't understand the essence of Jesus, then it's hard for us to explain Christianity. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is kind of like, like I said, nuts and bolts of our faith. Yeah. So for sure. Well, and just to clarify, I'm not a complete idiot. Like, I do know what it means. I, I just feel like it can be, the verbiage can be a little, like, I don't know. What am I trying to say, Rebecca? I feel like now I sound like an idiot. You do not. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's it's pretty, like, ethereal, heady stuff. And, like, pulling it down to, like, where you can just, like, 
say it in like bite-sized chunks because that's the world we yeah. live in. And you've got to be able to articulate your faith. And you can only articulate your faith if you are able to have like good like wordings behind stuff. That doesn't mean you don't know the fact that Jesus was the son of man and the son of God. But like, what does that really mean? And how do you put that into, like, how do you yeah. synthesize all the information? Because like, here's my big, heavy systematic theology book. And there mm-hmm. are chapters on pawn chapters in here about, and I'm, I'm holding up for those who can't see. <laughs> I'm holding up um, uh, Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, which is like, like seriously, like War and Peace, it may be bigger than War and Peace, but it um, and like there's chapters upon chapters about the divinity and humanity of Christ. So, like, how do you take all this really big stuff that works of knowledge that have been done for thousands of years about Jesus and like pare it down to like a few simple like ideas? I mean, yeah, it's it's not easy. So. Right. It's hard work. Not saying that I've done it perfectly. <laughs> Wayne, Grudem, Wayne Grudem's almost done it perfectly. I haven't done it perfectly. But, um, and I also think since we're talking about Advent, like the, the crux of this is the incarnation of Jesus, right? So yeah. God becoming man is, I mean, that's what we celebrate at Christmas. <laughs> so that's what we're waiting for in Advent because Advent is preparation or waiting. We're waiting for the incarnation of Jesus. And so like, mm-hmm. this is like the whole point of Advent is the conversation we're going to have today. So, And um, if someone's listening and they're like, what does incarnation mean? That's Jesus coming to earth. So God coming to earth in human form is the incarnation. So incarnation means like him coming to us, him arriving is his incarnation. Mm -hmm. So like deity becoming human is incarnation. So, um, and and incarnation isn't just um, solely a Christian theme. Like, there are plenty, I mean, in the Greek and Roman um, mythology, you know, gods came to earth and became humans. Like, that's incarnation. So, like, that's just, it's just deity coming to earth, becoming human. But we, the incarnation of Jesus is, you know, why we celebrate Advent. So, yeah. So, this, it's, not a, it's not a theme that's solely tied to Christianity. So, yeah. I mean, the incarnation of Jesus is, but the incarnation and a incarnation and incarnation in general is, um, is, is, is not something that's new to Christianity. So. Hi, Murphy. Murphy agrees with you. Okay. So. <laughs> that's an amen. Is that an amen? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a Murphy amen. Uh, he praises all day. So. <laughs> okay. Son of God. Son of God. Okay. So th- Jesus calls himself that. So both when Jesus calls himself the son of God and the son of man, and we'll talk about when we get to son of man, why people got really mad about that. So that's pretty much what sent him to the cross was his, his, um, exclaiming that he was, or his explanation, um, or calling himself God was what sent him to, um, the cross. And that's what, you know, that was heresy, um, to the Jews for a man to call himself God. So him calling himself the son of God was what got him into the most trouble. It was the the one of the most revolutionary things he said. And he's pretty much was calling himself the son of God was equaling himself to God. That meant that he had the entire nature of God. So if, if you are the son of someone, you have their DNA, Well, so he's claiming that he has God's DNA, that he has all the natural qualities and attributes and everything of God was walking around in human flesh. So for him to say he was the son of God, like you could see why people were like picketing that (laughs) and sent him to death. You know, I mean, could you imagine somebody walking around today and saying, you know, I have all the qualities of God like that was hard 
for people to understand. But we see it all through scripture, right? We see it all through the gospels. We see his omnipotence, which means he's all powerful. He calmed the seas. He turned water into wine. We see all those miracles, him healing people. Like that was all um, showing his deity, him kind of explaining or um, or arguing for his deity. Um, he talks about himself being eternal because he calls himself the alpha and the omega. He was able to read people's minds <laughs> and their thoughts and their hearts and their souls. Like that's only something God can do. Um, there, you know, there's so many ways that he showed that he was the same as God. Um, and that's why he did all those things, why he did all of those miracles, why he did all the things that he did was to show his humanity. I mean, his deity. So why is that important though? I think it's the question, like, why should, why is it relevant today in the 21st century that Jesus was God? We can talk a long time about what it means that he was human, but what is it, why is it important? Um, and I, I think it kind of boils down to the fact that he only, only an infinite God could bear the full penalty of sin. Like, so that's what Jesus did. His death on the cross was to pay the full penalty of all of our sins. And only God could do that. Like a person can't do that. Now, granted, a person, only a person could be a sacrifice, which is, we'll get to that in a second. But like, he's the only, only God can bear all of that. And all through the Old Testament, it says only salvation comes from the Lord. So if Jesus came and he was only a man and not God, then salvation couldn't come through him. So I think that, I mean, nuts and bolts, that's why it's relevant to us that he's God. Um, and he, he only God can be a mediator between God and man, a human being walking <laughs> on the earth. I mean, Moses was wonderful, but, and he was in some ways a mediator between God and man. You know, he prays on the mountain. He brought the 10 commandments, all of those things, but he, there was still, it wasn't perfect. He didn't see God face to face. He wasn't so you're saying, to I'm going to let face. you finish Moses, but Jesus is the son of God of all time. Like Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> but, and, and also, I mean, if Jesus wasn't God, there's, he would have no worthiness in being worshiped. Why? You're not going to worship a man, but right. Jesus was also God. And we worship Jesus, not because of his humanity. We worship him because of his deity. There's other things about Jesus that are, that we follow and he's our perfect example and all of these things because he's man, but him being God is the reason why we worship him. And, and he's the reason why um, his inability to sin is what allows him to be the perfect sacrifice for us, for our sin. So those are all why God, him being God is super important too. So something that's always bothered me is like the son of man, but he wasn't able to sin. Yes. Because I feel like it is such an integral part of humanity to be sinful. Yes. Well, and then this is, yeah, this is the part, and this has been debated for centuries, <laughs> you know, like how, how he could be. And I'm like portraying a Venn diagram right now, if you could see me, but like, so you've got like God and man, and then they're like overlapping in a diagram. Yeah. Right. And so it's so hard to understand how he remained who he always has been. So he's always right. been God since the very beginning. He was with God at the beginning. So he's always been there forever and ever and ever. He's the Alpha and the Omega forever and ever. He's been there. He remained always who he was, but he also became what he was not. So he became <laughs> what he wasn't, but he still remained what he was. Does that make sense? And I yeah. think it's hard for our brains to like wrap around that he had the ability to sin as a human, but he never sinned as God. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, think it's hard it to wrap our sense. brains. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's hard to wrap our brains around that. Like how does, how can he, how can he be fully human, which being fully human means to sin, but he never sinned, but he was tempted to sin as we are as humans, but he never followed through on the temptation. He never failed at the temptation. Does that make sense? So yeah. no, it doesn't make sense, but like, <laughs> but the, the fact that it's confusing makes sense, but it's, yeah. It's just one of those things. It's kind of like the Trinity. Like it's, it doesn't make sense, but it, it is true that he's yeah. fully God and fully man. He never sinned, but he could have sinned, but he didn't like, it's mm-hmm. very confusing. So, you know, Adam and Eve were put on this earth sinless. They weren't full of sin. They were perfect when they put, were put on this earth, but they had a free will. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, Jesus, like Adam was born with a free will but in his deity, he could never go against. He had a free will, but he could never disobey God. Like I don't. It's hard to wrap our brain about that around that. So somehow, when he was, you know, how, when the Holy Spirit conceived in the Virgin in the Virgin Mary, somehow the Holy Spirit that conception. Yes, he was human because he was born a human in a in a traditional human birth, but because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit that allowed him to be born sinless. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the the logistics of that. <laughs> like, how did that all yeah. go down, DNA wise? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. No, it's definitely. It's well, I mean, I think maybe it's like you know, if the the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, came from him then I mean because you know how it is when you're really healthy I mean this is obviously not the same thing but it's the only way I can relate to it like yeah you know when you're in like a really healthy place and you're doing great and sin just isn't appealing to you yeah like you're tempted but you're just like meh like I imagine it's like that where he just could see the whole picture and he was like yeah like sure that's tempting it's tempting that you're offering me food in the desert when I'm starving like yeah yeah but I know I know the whole story. Yeah. And so I'm not going to give into this. Like, like, so I wonder if it was just sort of like a, just a wisdom, yeah. you know, yeah. to not sin. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think the fact that he could see the whole picture um, has a lot to do with it. He knew the job he was coming to do. Um, mm-hmm. He, yeah. So, and he was still, th- just this idea that he was still, he like was fully God and knew everything and was all powerful, but he also still had human weaknesses and that he needed to sleep and eat and drink water and all of those things that we all need, you know, and he cried and had emotions and had grief. And, but on top of that, he was able to do all of those things without sinning. It's, it's very hard to understand, but you know, I I believe my theology is that when we go to heaven, we're going to be perfect, but still human. So yeah. we're going to experience that one day. We're going to experience what it's like to be fully perfect, but still fully human. I'm not saying yeah. we're going to be Jesus, but we're going to have that, that type of experience when we get to heaven. So it's, just, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what else was fully, fully man? Fully man. Well, so, okay. So the, 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 the phrase son of man actually points a little bit more to his deity, not so much to his humanity, obviously. His humanity is there, and we'll talk about his humanity in a second. He was fully God and fully man. There's plenty of proof of that. But the actual, the term son of man 
God, um, Jesus used it 84 times just in the Gospels. He called himself that 84 times. So it obviously was really, he didn't call himself anything else as much as he called himself the Son of Man. Um, and he only called, it was only said by Jesus, and he only said it about himself. He didn't say it about anybody else. Um, but it, it harks back to Daniel's vision. So we're actually going through Daniel right now um, at church. For those of you who don't go to our church, um, we're talking about Daniel. And there's lots of prophecies in Daniel. But one of the prophecies in Daniel talks about, um, he uses the term son of man a lot of times. Like when Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace, it's uh-huh. one like the son of man. It's used many times. Lots of da- Daniel's vision, he sees one like the son of man. And that's the phrase that he, I used air quotes, but that's what he used. Um, and that was a vision. And that vision spoke of someone from heaven who would be given eternal rule over the whole earth. So whenever, so whenever Daniel sees that vision of this quote, son of man, it's this idea that of someone coming from heaven who had rule from God that would rule the whole earth. Well, obviously, when Jesus calls himself, that's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm the one that Daniel prophesied that is going to come and is claiming eternal rule over the whole earth. And that's why the high priest got real mad. <laughs> they got real mad that he was claiming that he was the one that was prophesied to be the God-sent Messiah to rule the entire world. They did not like that. <laughs> and that's what, I mean, that's when they pronounced death for him, it was because he called himself the son of man or one like the son of man. So because they knew Daniel's prophecy and he was calling himself that, and that was, that was real bad. So that the son of man idea kind of refers to his deity, but it also refer, refers to his humanity too, because Adam is called, uh, you know, the first of sons of men. So it also refers to his deity and him coming in the line of Adam. So we can talk now about, cause that's like a lot of yeah. just like past prophecy stuff, but we can talk about his humanity. Cause I feel like that's what's most relevant to us today. Not that his deity isn't re- relevant. I mean, if he wasn't God, we'd, we wouldn't have a religion, but, um, the fact is he like starts the conversation. Yeah. But what sustains you through life is, is his humanity. Yeah. 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 So what do you think of when you think of the humanity of Jesus? I think hmm, that's a good question. I think when I think of his humanity, I, a lot of times it's me wonder. I mean, I know like the bracelets, I was not part of the, what would Jesus do bracelet movement? Um, cause I wasn't a Christian when I was young, but I, I think of it in that way. Like I sort of think of it, um, in my life, like how would his humanity play out in my real life? You know, like what would it look like? Like how would he be with the people? So I, I look at it kind of through my own, I mean, I guess we all do that a little bit, but like, I look at it through like what's relevant to me like today. I don't really think of it um, surprisingly because I do think of things like in lofty ways a lot, but I think, I think of it very practically. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think about that him becoming human gave him the ability to understand by experience what we're experiencing. Yeah. So like, I think about whenever I'm struggling with something, whether it's something that's very difficult for me to overcome or whether it's struggling with falling into some kind of temptation that is like, you know, revisited itself over and over and over. I think about um, how he might've been tempted in that way. Cause it scripture yeah. says, Hebrews says he was tempted in every way yet did not sin. So every temptation we have ever experienced, all of us 
have ever experienced Jesus in some way. And I don't know how that worked. And I, it doesn't all show up in scripture, but in it, scripture says that he has been tempted in every way. So every way any human on this entire earth has ever been tempted, he was tempted in that way. And we have some examples of that, like when he's in the desert and the devil tempts him with power and with food and all of those things, he has mm-hmm. an answer to those things, but he was tempted in every way. So whatever I'm going through, I can think, he also went through it, and that helps me um, to know that he has experienced it as well. Hi, Murphy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what would Jesus do if hypothetically your dog made you insane? What would you do about that? <laughs> he would definitely um, be patient. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Murphy. So I think that's what I mean. That's the main thing for me is. You know, there's all the other stuff. Yes, he had to become human in order to die. Like a god can't die. So an angel can't die. Only a human dies. So he had to become a human, not only to be the perfect substitute, but so that he would actually die. Like a human body dies. So to go through that experience of suffering and death, he had to become human. Um, So, but I also think that him becoming human gives us, like you were talking about your, what would Jesus do bracelet? Like it gives us a pattern for living and obeying. Like if he was just like a deity walking around earth, like it doesn't give us the same pattern for living as a human walking around earth who was perfect, but he also experienced everything. And so we get to see his pattern for living and interacting in relationship, his pattern for living in um, how he argues with people and how he's angry and how he grieves. Like we can see a pattern of that and we can obey God in the way he obeys God because we can see how it's done as a human. And I think that is really important to our faith. Yeah. Agreed. Another thing I thought about is, um, and now we're going to get real existential, but, (laughs) but another thing that came to me when I was thinking about this is that when God sent up earth, when he set up creation, his whole purpose, this wasn't a result of the fall. His whole Mm -hmm. purpose was to make humans to rule over creation. Like Mm -hmm. he didn't make Adam and Eve to be gods to rule over um, creation. He created them to be humans. And so if if Jesus did not become human, it would not fulfill God's original plan. I mean, yes, it wouldn't fulfill God's original plan for humans to rule over creation. Jesus rules over creation. He's in earth and I mean, he's in heaven and he's still fully God and fully man in heaven. And he rules over creation and he will always rule over creation as a human and as a God. I think that's been something that always has given me a lot of comfort is just knowing like, Cause I'm sure, like, I know that it was to fulfill prophecy and to be able to be the um, payment for sin. And I know all of that, but I also have always felt like, you know, we have such a deep, deep need to be known deeply. And um, of course God knew us before Jesus came because he made us right. But like, there's also a knowing of having experienced the same thing as somebody else. Yeah that only comes from having lived that out and you can try to empathize, but if, you know, and I mean, all experiences are different for different people, even if it's like the same thing, but like, I mean, if you, if you've never struggled with like depression, then you just can't really get it. And like, I just think it's so beautiful. I mean, Jesus is the only God who entered into the mess with his people. And that's what, I mean, that's what we're called to do. And 
I mean, that's what, that's the cry of our heart. Because I mean, if you've ever been in mess, you know, the worst thing is when someone is like, what do you need? You want me to drop off the casserole? And you're like, well, well, can you just like sit here with me? Like, I need you to like not, you know, and I, I just think that there's something whenever I'm struggling in my faith, I just come back to that. I'm like, he's the God who like came to us and sat in the mess with us. And like, yeah. I get that it was to fulfill a job, but it also was out of love and out of just like this, you know, we can trust him because he put himself in our situation. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the wall came down and he just was, I don't know. I just, I find so much comfort in that. Yeah. I think about the woman at the well and I think about why she went and told the whole town about Jesus. And it was a little bit that he explained that he was the son of Jacob and he was the same God that her people were, were praying to. And it wasn't just the Jewish God, you know, so that, cause <laughs> she was a Samaritan, like there was a little bit about that, but it was more because he showed her that he knew her and, yeah, and that he loved her anyways, and that he yeah. could give her something that no man was able, ever able to give her. And that's why she went back and told the whole town about Jesus was because he entered in with her and mm-hmm. knew her experience and knew her and spoke into her life. That's yeah. why she went and told people about Jesus. And I, and I think about the most effective witness, the most winsome people with the most winsome faith is because they have been like, this is my experience. This is how Jesus entered into ex- my experience. And this is how he changed my life because he entered into my experience. It wasn't because I studied this book and I learned this amazing thing about God. And then that, that changed my life. Like that's a little bit of it. Like that's part of my story, but like mostly it's the experiential knowledge that Jesus has of us that <laughs> provides us with a testimony of who he is. Well, it's kind of like he entered, I mean, cause if, it makes me think this might be far-fetched, but like, I feel like because we are living in a fallen world, yeah, grief is just every day. Like yeah. you are always kind of grieving something. Yeah. And when you're grieving, you can read books about grief. Mm-hmm. You can analyze your grief. You can avoid your grief. Mm-hmm. But we're called almost daily to sit in grief. And I mean, it doesn't take a lot to see that, whether you just want to observe like our crappy world or our politics or life or I mean just whatever like there's suffering everywhere which leads to grief but I just think yeah I mean think about times you've grieved like who were the most important people to you in those times it was the people who just let you hurt and like were there with you and so I just think like that can be the only answer to a suffering world is to sit with you in the grief that comes from that yeah 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 and I I think that I I think that when we kind of channel this weird new agey term, but when we channel like that's who Jesus is to people and then we can be that to people, that is when people most, I use people a lot in one sentence, but that's when people most feel the presence of Jesus, whether they know Jesus or not. When you enter in the way Jesus enters into people's lives, when you enter into people's life like that, and we can only know how to do that if we study his life. Um, Right. And then we enter into, that's how they, they see and they, um, experience Jesus is through us channeling that. Um, and unless we really understand and believe that Jesus experienced everything we experience, we can't help others experience that. Does that make sense? (laughs) It's kind of a circular argument, but yeah, I think that, I think this is, um, when I think of Advent and I think of, 
you know, my favorite Advent song of all time every year. It is every year is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel mm-hmm. means God with us. And the fact that Jesus emptied himself and that doesn't mean he gave up all the qualities of God and we're not going to go into all the theology behind that because we don't have time for that and nobody cares, but except for dorks like me, but every, nobody really cares. But somehow he didn't empty himself of all of his qualities, but he humbled himself in, 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 in allowing himself to become human while he was still God. There was like some kind of emptying of his, of his mm-hmm. power. Um, in in some ways, um, some giving up of that power, like until it, and, and he, so he emptied himself and he became one of us and he lowered himself to our place. Like I have to like really ruminate on that during Advent because I don't really feel like I understand what I'm waiting for in Advent if I don't understand that he's God with us. And so I think that's why this is such a big piece of the puzzle. When it goes back to like vulnerability, like he allowed himself to be vulnerable and like in physical ways and emotional ways, he allowed himself to be touched by people in a way that, you know, like when Lazarus died and he allowed himself to grieve. I mean, like he allowed a deep vulnerability in all the ways you can be vulnerable, which like he didn't have to, but he did. And, and we know that vulnerability that true strength is shown through that, but he modeled that for us, you know, like, cause a lot of, I mean, you know, and vulnerability is such a buzzword, right. But it's true. It's like, we were all so scared of it, but the strongest people are the ones who are able to just be completely and totally honest about what they need. And like, I think we're all working on that, but he, he modeled that too. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, in so many ways, and this is the part I think I'd missed for so long because we all know I'm not real good with emotions and feelings. Um, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so I kind of missed that part of Jesus for a long time. I yeah. got the part that he became a human in body physical form and he died in body physical form and he resurrected in body physical form. And I got the part that he was even human in his mind. Like it talks about Jesus growing up in stature and wisdom. So like he learned. So he like had a human mind that learned. Um, I, I got all of that, but the fact that he also had human emotions like I I knew the specifics oh yeah the shortest verse in the bible is Jesus wept like I got that (laughs) but like to really understand that you know it talks about how when he experienced somebody's faith I think it was the faith of the centurion he's he marveled at it like Mm -hmm. I mean he's the god of the universe and he marveled at somebody's faith like just the well-roundedness of his emotional capacity um is something new that i have learned over the past few years that i never really thought about before i think it's super important to our human experience to understand and it it. like healthy yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, good boundaries <laughs> yeah well and yeah. it's like you know i think a lot of us think certain emo- like you know we kind of grow up thinking like well these emotions are bad and these emotions are good. And mm-hmm. I mean, he just modeled that they're all good and, and that there's angry. a healthy way yeah. to express. What'd you say? And he was angry. Yeah. He had all the emotions. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was depressed. He was, Yep. I mean, I don't know if he got, did he get anxious? I don't know if he was ever anxious. Yeah. Cause his, it, we can, that gets into the whole thing is anxiety, a sin, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is not a sin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, but, but anxiousness. No, I, I'm just trying to think of the things he, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, he was tired. Like, 
yeah, I think um, I love the story of I love the story of that him calming the sea and they're out on the boat and it's like this horrible storm and he's sleeping. So yeah. it's so hard for me to comprehend that he's fully God and he knows he's going to calm the storm, but he's also sleeping. So he's human enough that he's so tired that he's sleeping through a storm. I don't know, but he obviously didn't have any any anxiety about the storm because he was sleeping. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's so interesting to think about how the interplay of his his divinity and his humanity kind of play out. Well, our pastor was talking yesterday about um, like knowing your limits and kind of being okay with submitting to your limits. And it's just so interesting that Jesus had no limits, but took on limits. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's so cool. It's like, it's like the ultimate feeling of like playing tag with your kid to your kid, you know, and like you enter into whatever you're like, you know how it's so hard to play with your kids. And it's annoying. You're like, I don't really want to like get on the floor with you and like build a princess castle, but you do it. And it's like their face is just, it's the best thing ever to them. And like, that's what Jesus did for us. Yeah. Um, It's so cool. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, I don't think anxiety is a sin. I didn't mean it like that. I don't believe believe that the, the diagnosis of diagnosis of anxiety and that issue is a sin. It talks about anxious toil being a sin, but that's different yeah. than anxiety. That I was, I didn't mean it like that. I just I, want everybody, I just said I want that everybody so listening. Is just listening to our podcast and like they don't yeah. know us. Yes. That like I have an anxiety disorder and it's not a sin. And anyone who says that can just kiss my butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and depression that. isn't either for all of those people. No, like people. emotional problems are not. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The fact that our world has fallen because of sin has something to do with all of the emotional issues we have, but that has nothing to do with the actual emotions being a sin. No, I agree. Um, Because yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of um, evidence in scripture of Jesus's. Oh my gosh. Rebecca's lightening up the mood by um, showing me her vampire teeth that she just put in her mouth. <laughs> you know what? Jesus had a sense of humor too. Like if you really read, like one time I decided to yes. read this, I would decide to read through the gospel stories with an eye for Jesus's humor. And it made me laugh. Like there's so much humor and wittiness. Um, Paul too. Paul is super witty and that makes me happy about him too. But like if you read it for his wittiness, um, yeah, he experienced that too. And there was a joy um, in his life um, and his, you know, care for the children and all of that. There's just so much, like we said, well-roundedness to his humanity. We don't really think about his like happiness and joy very much. Or at least I don't. I think we're always just like. we, We talk about the joy of the Lord being our strength. That's the joy of the Lord. That's not our joy. It's his joy. Yeah. Like, but do you think of Jesus, like my counselor has a picture in her office of Jesus laughing. Yeah. It's like a print. And it's just, every time I look at it, I just stare. Cause I'm like, that is just not how I picture Jesus naturally. You know, like I just feel like he's like real serious and like, yeah. and he's not. Yeah. I know. I mean, he is, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, he has his moments. He has, I mean, he has moments of seriousness. Seriousness. He has. I mean, he freaking whipped people in the temple. So obviously, he had yeah. anger. But um, but he angered without sin. That's a whole nother. Was angry without sin. So anger is not a sin. It's what we do with our anger that's a sin. <laughs> but you know, so it's. But he also there. You you see joy in a lot of his stories. He somehow too. like lived with this like levity. Yeah. Which is like crazy because yeah. if anyone. I don't know. It's like, he's God, but he, he lived with such like, yeah, I don't know. Like the whole, even the scripture of like, you're worth more than a pair of sparrows. Isn't that sort of like a, 
it's like a joke. Yeah, like, yeah. Hairs on your head are numbered, and you're worth more than a pair of spares. It's like he's being silly. Like, yeah, you're worth more than that. Like, yeah, it's almost yeah, it? it's a sense of um, satire in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, for sure. We should yeah. do an episode on like Jesus Humor laughed. Yeah. Do you want to do one called Jesus laughed? Oh, that would be fun. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I feel like we need to have a comedian <laughs> on. <laughs> Uh, but we're funny. We can be funny. It's fine. We can be funny. Or we can just invite someone on who is funny. Okay. Um, not John Chris, though. Ooh, ew. Uh, not right now. Red flag oh, alert. We, <laughs> we can beat that out. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Let's beat that out. That wasn't nice. Um, <laughs> there are plenty of funny people who can talk about the humor of Jesus. We'll find yes, them. We'll find somebody. But okay. yeah. No, this is good. I think this it's really good. helpful to think of. It, it just makes Jesus safe Yeah. to yeah. me. Like it makes it safe to be a Christian. It makes it safe to, you know, pursue a deeper relationship because if our faith is a relationship, which, you know, a lot of the world religions aren't really, you know, and um, if it is a relationship, you have to feel like someone understands you and like they're safe. Yeah. And I just feel like knowing that he was human and voluntarily took that on and that you know, I don't know what the theology is, but, you know, people say like, if it was just you, he would have done it, you know, like that whole idea of like, he would, he would have done it for one person. Um, do you think that's true? I mean, I mean, he says himself that the shepherd leaves the 99 for just one. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like it's a hypothetical question <laughs> because it's, right. I mean, there's never just been one, uh, I guess Adam for like a few minutes before there was Eve, but like there's never just yeah. been one. So that's a hypothetical question, but I guess in theory he would die yeah. for just one because there's scripture to, to, to say that I, I'm leery and always thinking about that. Like I don't want to not personalize Jesus, but I also don't want to make it all about me. Um, yeah. so it's like that fine line, but I get what you're saying and I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because anyway. it's important to ha- to think about the personal relationship as much as it is. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. And you're right. There's not very, there's no world religions that talk about, um, about that. So, um, they talk they more talk about, about the fear the and, and, and yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, well, this is good. I'm excited to continue in this series. It's awesome. It's fun I know. To talk about it's these really things. good. Let us know how you're feeling. Is this yes. helpful to you guys? We, um, we find it helpful yeah, a lot yep. and it's been really fun to go through it with you and just kind of like, remember why we yeah. do this whole thing. Yeah, it is. That's it's good. good. It's good stuff. It's good. I'll <laughs> post a picture of my vampire teeth. You can take a picture of it on your phone. I should totally take a picture of you right now because you're being silly. Talking about you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have no way. I look hideous. Oh my gosh. And I tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich yesterday, so my face is like swollen to three times its normal girth. That is not a cute picture, but we'll post it. I'm it's gonna funny. send it to you before and make sure you approve that before I do. No, um, don't just say no, just post it. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just do do it in stories so it only lasts for twenty four hours. <laughs> you can screenshot stories. It's fine. Uh, that's funny. No one cares. Okay. Well, this has been fun, and we will see you for our next episode in the Advent series. Yay! Look forward to it, because it's Advent, and that's what you're supposed to be doing, is looking forward. (laughs) Bye. Okay, (laughs) bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. 
And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 